0: All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Rose and Balls. Uh, We're actually doing more during the the offseason. I love the offseason. So this is going to be a quick one. You know, there's not a lot of action going on, but I wanted to just point out something uh, around GMing and and using the Pistons as an example. It separates the good teams from the bad teams, right? So the Pistons and their GM, Troy Weaver, um, do a, you know, there's a few things to know. First off, like, I always think I'm not going to blame you, right, as a GM if you do the consensus move, nor will I award you much, right? So if you're in a draft and, you know, either a guy falls to you to an extent it was the obvious play, you know, that, that's, that's good. I, I, again, I'm not going to award you that much. I'm going to award you normally, right? Like I think it was a good, solid move. The questions to be, are then the subsequent moves you do to um, build around that talent, right? So let's just get to cut to the chase. So, like, for example, right, Danny Ainge, who's considered a great GM, you know, I think what makes Danny Ainge really special is he, he went against the grain in a lot of drafts um, and picked the right guy that the consen- that was not the consensus pick, right? I go back, I forget the years, right? He took Jalen Brown, and I thought they should have gone Drenjan Bender uh, in that draft. Take, t- took Tatum. Josh Jackson was the guy that people were talking about. Even after the trade, does the fold steal in that move and, get, and gets a better player, right? So when it mattered for, like, the bigger picks, he made the right call. Now, you could argue for, you know, the lesser picks, right? Picks post, you know, top seven or eight. Um, He didn't get, like, and a lot of people passed that Giannis, right? I don't think people really saw that he was going to uh, get the strength and, and develop the way he developed. And, and you know, he fell. Um, I'm not going to blame him for that. Plus, Kelly Linick in that draft was, was fine. I don't think he was any issue. But the Brown-Tatum combo and, and who the the, the the this or that window, right, where, like, you're taking Brown or Tatum versus Bender or Jackson, who are, you know, out of the league, That that's massive, obviously. I don't have to delve into the differences of those two talents, right? So I'm impressed with him. And with Troy Weaver, in the draft, they have the fifth pick. And look, I, again, I thought Keegan Murray was the perfect fit for them. Sacramento, I think, made the right call, and I think the early summer league results are showing that uh, Keegan Murray, in my opinion, and I said this a along, Chet was the unequivocal best player in this draft, but I think Keegan Murray was the second best player, Right. So he's off the board. Jaden right is the right call there. Obviously, I'm not going to argue against that. Where, where I do see some issues, however, is the subsequent moves. Let's talk about Detroit centers. And this is about roster construction, right? Anytime you're constructing a team, it's not always about getting the best talent. It's immersing yourselves with the best talent you have and then, and then building around that, right? It's, a, it's like a plate for dinner, right? If, I have, if I'm building around this great ribeye steak, I'm going to need a little salad, you know, maybe some some potato or or carb side, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to get a, a ribeye steak and then say, you know, I'm going to have a a, a a I'm trying to get a go for a burger on the side, hope that's good, and, you know, a slice of pizza, you know, with it, you know, as well, right? That makes no sense. That that, that meal's too heavy. Okay, it's not going to work. You're going to be full by the time you get to the, the, the burger. So the pieces need to fit, and, and I have a problem with, the rest of their moves, right? Like, look, I get and you could like these guys. Like, look, I like burgers. I like steak. I wouldn't have them together in the same plate, especially spending that much money on, on both. And so too is the case here with Detroit centers. Detroit had to have known going into the draft, uh their plans for Marvin Bagley. I think that needs to be documented. So if you're gonna get Bagley, let's talk about Bagley in the fit, right? If I'm if I'm keeping Bagley and again I'm not pro-Bagley. I think Bagley um, is, was a dinosaur-type talent in the sense that he involves he around old NBA, early 2000s, 90s, where he's a post-up guy, take his man off the dribble. Great. He can't really create enough for others, can't shoot, and can't defend. So, again, in today's NBA, I don't care what position you are, right? If I'm going to invest a lot in you, in you, I need you to do two out of three things, and that's offensive creation, which Bagley can kind of do. Shoot can't do, defend can't do. So he's basically .75 for three, not even one for three. I'm not going to give him, because he's not creating for others, right? And Jaleel Okafor was the same way. Okafor was a great low post talent. He's out of the league for that same reason, okay? So Marvin Bagley, that to me totally, um, you know, makes sense, if, I mean, for them, right? And they thought, like, with Cade, you want a rim runner. Fine. Okay. Cade at the five. Um, I'm sorry, Cade with, with the five, Bagley and Cade, I can see the fit. But it, it, so if you, if you believe in Bagley, and I get it, Weaver, this is a double down for me, right? He doesn't admit his mistakes. This is a big problem. He'll, you know, I think ride uh, youth too long. And, you know, maybe after a year, year and a half, you kind of know if these guys going to hit or not. Move them for something. I'm going to give you the example. The Celtics. Again, I go back to them. They're my team. I liked Aaron Naismith. And I liked Romeo Langford. I liked both of them. I thought they could be good with talent, but I didn't follow. You know, Stevens was smart. He realized, look, they're not going to get an opportunity on this team. And he cut bait. And with Langford in that deal, he got Derek White. It wasn't straight up, but he was used for Derek White. And Naismith was used for Malcolm Brogdon. So he cut bait quickly. He, he added them to another deal, even though they value tanked. They didn't go to zero, and he was able to at least get something out of it. You cut your losses. You learn it in the stock market. Uh, you know, stock market. And Sacramento trying to do that too with Bagley, right? You see this all the time. You know, Nixon did it with DSJ. They got some assets with him, etc., etc. Right? fine. Okay. Um, my concern is, so they get Bagley, and the reason why is a double down, right? They traded an asset to get him from Sacramento. So I feel like it's like, well, if we don't re-sign him, I'm going to look like an idiot. Which is, you know, pot commitment. It's a bad move in poker. It's a bad move in life. So he keeps with him. Fine. If you want to do that, I don't agree with it, but fine. But don't double down that. And then you like Jalen Duran. Duran from uh, Memphis. Right? Like, then you're going to trade in the draft an asset to um, to get him like look if you want to get a pick if you want to steal a pick from charlotte i'm fine with that adrian griffin was right there and by the way he would have made way more sense given your lineup because now if you're gonna have bagley i could play bagley as a rim running five bay is a small ball four griffin cade as as either wing with ivy that's a nice young lineup that made way more sense. But no, he was obsessed with Durant as a player. And Durant could be a good player. He could be good. But the fit's horrible because two things. A, you just re-signed Bagley. You know, you, you have to do that, right? And then B, he also he extended his ES a So what are we doing here? Right? Like that's that's the bigger concern I have, right? And now they have this really awkward trio of centers. They have no spacing. And they're going to have to play two bigs. They're forced to. So out of because they, they have so much money and, and assets tied up, you still got Olytic on the roster. This is a mess from a, a big standpoint. You're going to play two bigs. Neither one can space. So remember, in, in, in today's NBA, you got to do, as a unit, you want to do all three. You need shooting. You need offensive creation. You need defensive flexibility. So they have no shooting. And now Cade is going to have to shoot more. Detroit was league leaders in the NBA last year in wide open threes by a wild margin. The average NBA gets like 15%, 20% open threes a game. They were at like almost a third of their attempts were wide open threes. And they were last in the league of three-point percentage. I wonder why. So now Bay has to become way more of a spacer than he needs to, where that's not like it's a skill he has. It shouldn't be his prominent skill. And and just the ripple impact. On the rest of the players is concerning. So Detroit does from themselves. It started with Weaver's moves. He could have redirected. And I'm gonna blame him. People said they had a great draft. I don't think so. I thought, given what they got, given the reflection around the team, Ivy's fine. You gotta take him. I get it. You have Griffin, you don't even have to make the move, and then you, you have another chance to sign for agents to then get shooting. It's a disaster. They needed shooting so desperately they didn't address it. They think they addressed it with Kevin Knox and these other pieces. It's not going to work. It'll be another tank year, and then Weaver could get lucky. He's gotten lucky. He could get lucky. He could tank in a deep draft, and they could be fine for it. But I, I think it blows.